Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that understands that the holidays can be really, 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 really fucking hard. Today we have Laura, Zoe, and Ambria. Ambria, who are you? I know. A stranger has come unto you. So glad to hear your beautiful voice. Um, Today we're talking about what we do to survive the holidays um, and just the winter in general. And a little later on, we'll talk with a mental health professional about why the holidays can be so challenging and some tips and tricks. Tips, 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 and tips tricks. And tricks. <laughs> oh, I sang with you. Yes. For getting <laughs> through like, it oh. with our heads above water. Speaking of. I'm really into Avril Lavigne's new album. I just want everyone to know. I mean, listen, I when when Zoe was like, I'm going to do I'm going to do this Avril Lavigne thing. I'm like, listen, in seventh grade, I tied a tie for uh, my yearbook photo because I needed to be like Avril. So, yeah, I get it. I uh, I haven't heard her new album, but I definitely like my eighth to ninth grade eyeliner was a direct result of Avril Lavigne's existence. Hell yeah. Yeah, I really connected with her because she also had Lyme disease and my oh. shitty ex-boyfriend who was um, like in punk shit would, I would just drive him crazy by being like Avril Lavigne is the punk god. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> he was Hell like, yeah. I, no, she's not. And I was like, she is the punk icon. Yes. <laughs> That's <laughs> it. Um, well, I thought we could open it up by saying like what do you have any holiday traditions what is the what do the holidays look like in general for each of you um I usually so my mom lives here in Chicago um and my little brother actually just moved back to Chicago from Ohio um that whole thing has a lot of baggage but um I usually see friends and my mom um, sometimes I take my mom to uh, a very close, my, my best friend, uh, we, we go to her family's house a lot on various holidays. Um, this holiday, I'm splitting Christmas Eve between my friend's family and my mom and my little brother. So um, I'll be like running around tonight. Nice. Um, yeah, my traditions have been changing over the past few years, but, um, so my family celebrates Hanukkah and Christmas and also, um, sometimes Festivus slash Solstice. Um, (laughs) but so, so for Hanukkah, we just do pretty traditional, you know, light the candles, make some latkes, jelly donuts, the Hanukkah stuff. Um, and for Christmas, we used to always go to my aunt's house, but there's been a lot of my family's really big and there's been a lot of like rifts. So now we might be going just to dinner with like a few relatives, but we're not, we don't really have like a big family thing anymore, which I'm very much okay with. Um, and actually this year is the first year that my best friend from home, her parents moved in the past year, so they don't live here anymore, but she is coming and spending Christmas with my family. Oh, yay. For me, I... <laughs> Uh, yeah, my parents are divorced, and so 
I guess for a long time, it would be like on Christmas Eve, we would go to my dad's house, my brother and I, and then um, we used to stay overnight there, but now we go to home or wherever and then do the morning at my mom's house. And then sometimes we used to go to my aunt's house in the afternoon on Christmas Day and then back to my mom's house for a Christmas dinner on Christmas Day and then sometime before the holiday we have like this huge extended family like 40 person um, situation uh, which happened last night for me so still fresh still fresh in the brain so a lot of things a lot of family um, and I have like two amazing cousins and one of my cousin's partners who are staying with me at my apartment which makes for like a lot of fun nurturing family downtime in between all of those other things but I know that there's like other things that have been going on uh for you Ambria about like what's been going on in your life and also like how the winter affects you (laughs) (laughs) what a what a great segue um um I, so I just finished my first student teaching placement. Um, For those of you that don't know, I am currently pursuing my master's degree um, and um, I'm a student teacher. I'm on the path to become a teacher um, for middle grades kids, probably. So between the ages of like 11 and 14. Um, And uh, yeah, it was really hard and I finished it up my first placement. Now I have another one in the spring. Wow. But you um, Yay. So yeah. close, so close to being done. <laughs> <laughs> and then I start my first year as a teacher next fall and everybody's like, Oh, you are going to die. Um, no dying allowed. I'm going to try not to. Um, but yeah, it's, it's winter now. My feet are cold. I have really cold feet. Yeah. T- so does that just like hinder your experience in the wintertime? Yeah. Um, they feel like uh, like they don't belong to my body. They feel like zombie feet. They feel like the feet of a dead person sometimes. Whoa. And um, it gets so bad that sometimes I'm trying to go to sleep and my feet are too cold. And so I have to get up and go turn on the hot water in my bathtub and just like hold my feet under it until they warm up. Wow. Yeah. I looked it up online and said it's normal. So the internet tells us things, so that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it's warmer it's normal. Some people are just cold. Um also, um, I no longer have my cat bullet, as we all know. Um <laughs> my relationships with cats has been a roller coaster ride from the beginning <laughs> of season of the bitch. Um I was an avowed not a, an avowed non cat person. Um, and then I had a cat for a little while cause she followed me home, but I did find her a forever home with somebody who's in the DSA who lives down the street, who is very, very, very excited to have her. Oh, cool. My roommate and I are both allergic. So we were just like, she's really cute, but we need to see <laughs> if we can figure something else out. Yeah. Wow. Well, that was a roller coaster, but I'm glad to have you back with me in the non-cat person realm. Um, yes, we all really grateful to not not be alone now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I have a cat tattoo, so if anyone at home is feeling isolated by this anti-cat, <laughs> I just want you to know you're not alone. Well, um, all of the other coven members are cat people. Like <laughs> everyone else, other than Ambria and I, I'm pretty sure. By the way, dog person, they're all perfect, beautiful creatures. Yeah, dogs are pretty cool. Um, all animals are kind of smelly, and I'd perf- I don't know, just having to like live with them full-time I don't know about that but I love that other people have pets but the funny story is is that I was wrapping up my student teaching and some kids gave me like little gifts Mm. um and wrote me very emotional letters but um one girl (laughs) gave me a mug that says I love cats on it (laughs) because I showed her a picture of the cat one time amazing and this other kid actually said how do you know she loves cats and the girl was like, oh, she showed me a picture of her cat. And I was like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, an I Heart Cats mug feels like it's actually really cool, even regardless of the cat situation. <laughs> it's special that she gave it to me. It does yes. not matter. Yes, absolutely. And Zoe, what are your so what do you have going on? What makes you feel things during this time? Uh, feel things during this time um well just in general I have pretty bad seasonal depression so I mean I always have depression but I'm also Mm. very affected by the sun um which is its own kind of additional depression um so that is something I'm glad the solstice just happened the days are gonna get longer again that is the best thing for me um also, what else? Well, as I said, we no longer go to my aunt's house, which is um, very exciting for me. Um, I have not a great history with a lot of my relatives. My dad's family is very um, Catholic, and they're all extremely, like, by the book, like doctors, nurses, and engineers, pretty much all of my cousins. There's a lot of them. Um, and, like, my dad's the black sheep of his family, Um, he like has long not been involved in religion at all. Um, but like growing up and I mean, always like, I just don't fit in with my family at all and they don't really make much effort to pretend that I do. Mm. Um, so I know growing up, like you can just see it on my face in every like family picture. I just, you just, I don't look like I want to be there and I didn't, um, so it's actually kind of relieving that we have nixed that tradition. Um, and so mostly just going to be with my more immediate family, which is, which I, I like them. <laughs> so that's okay. They're, they can stay. <laughs> so that's good. It's just the extended family that gets uh, challenging. Is the sun out for you today? Can I ask? You can ask, but not really. It was this morning, and now it's kind of already like, nah, I'm tired. I hope it doesn't make you feel bad that the sun is out here. It has been really, really cloudy for the past couple of weeks, so um, it's really exciting that it's out. Today, I'm also very affected by the sun. When I was when I was living in Denmark, one of my good friends was living in Thailand, and I asked her to send me, like, sun porn. I was like, can you just send me pictures of, like, the brightest, sunniest scenes Amazing. I'm about to text you a pic right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Get the sunshine. If anyone wants to tweet at me some some sun porn, to be clear, that's just pictures of sun. 
Yes. I would oh. also like to be in on that. I also have seasonal depression and it is cloudy as fuck in Buffalo almost all the time. So everyone tweet at season of the bee, your best pictures of sunny sets, sunny, sunny vistas, sunny vistas, please. I love this so much. <laughs> Amazing. Sorry. I'm actually texting you guys right now. No, it's perfect. Yeah. Laura, do you want to share your what's hard for you this season or this time of year in general? Um, yeah. Well, I have a few things that I want to share. Um, <laughs> for the most part, it's really fucked up. And there's so much performative gift giving. Like, And as someone who works in the nonprofit world and like gets paid pennies, it's really hard for me to participate in the performative gift giving. Um and I've definitely been singled out in years past for making homemade gifts or trying to do things that were ah. very cheap. And like my family members have like have had a lot of um, anger around that. And like ah. including one year when my brother did that, um, my stepmom wrote like a long letter about how inappropriate it was for him to like give gifts in that way that weren't like new consumer goods. Um that's so awful. Yeah. So there's a lot of stress surrounding gift giving, um, particularly on my dad's side of things. Um, and it's really hard to continually per- participate in this, you know, not just because like capitalism sucks, but because it's like so meaningless. Like it has absolutely no real meaning and no real connection and no real um anything so it just feels really vapid and and frustrating to deal with um and then on my mom's side with like there's like 40 of us uh we do a white elephant thing where you have to go and get like a 25 dollar gift that inevitably one of my cousins will get and like be disappointed in the gift that i've gotten and like hope that it gets stolen from them by someone else so it's just like a kind of a shit show on the gift front for sure. For the first time in my life, I'm just um, really grateful that everyone in my family is extremely like pretty much poor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because there's a lot of like, I feel like there's a lot of understanding just about um, the fact that kind of none of us have the money for that. So I feel like when a few people kind of can afford to get nicer gifts and they expect everyone to do that, that's really, I don't know, it's not very considerate. Yeah, yeah, I've been feeling also like struggling to buy people gifts. And then I feel like guilty if people give me like a nicer thing than I got them, even though I think like I put a lot of thought into mine. But even um, one year, like Laura, you were talking about homemade gifts. So I'm a photographer and we also used to do like a Pollyanna thing and I gave my cousin like a framed one of my prints and his reaction was like, like he liked it, but was like, Oh wow. Like I didn't know you were actually good at this. Mm. I was like, okay, well, thank you. Right. <laughs> wow. Now you know. Thank really you for the not, <laughs> not great. Yeah. So gift giving definitely stressful. Also, I'm just someone with a pretty like, monotone kind of affect like even if I am really excited it's not always easy to tell and that's just the way that I am and so like when I receive gifts I'm like oh cool like yeah thank you but I'm not like 
wow, oh, man, I love it. And that's something that will like hurt people's feelings. They're like, do you, like, do you not really like it? And like, it's even more stressful for me to like have to performatively act more excited when my excited tone is just like my regular tone because that's just the way I am. And we that's, love you for it. That's funny. <laughs> not only is it stressful to give gifts because of the expectations around it, it's also stressful to receive gifts yes. Yes. because you're supposed to act a certain way. Absolutely. Um, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's also like, I mean, I understand also. So I, I, um, I have some friends who are very into gift giving and I, especially among friends, like I want to do like handmade things or whatever. Like I'm, I'm, unless I see something that's like really meant for someone, it's hard for me to like go out and buy something for a friend. And so I do feel like even when my friends are coming from like this beautiful, well-intentioned place, like that's so much not my love language to like go out and do that. Um, that when I receive that, it's like, I'm like, I know that you don't need this to be reciprocated in the same way. And you know that like, I will like send love back your way in a different way, but it, it feels nerve wracking to me because not because of my friends, but because of this like built up, um, tradition about gift giving and reciprocal gift giving and performative gift giving that like has been ingrained in me for like my whole life. Yeah, no, I agree. Like I actually, if any of my friends are listening, please don't give me anything. It stresses me out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because then I like then I feel bad and it just like I can't enjoy the gift because I'm like I didn't get them anything and like I don't know what to do about it like I'll get I'll get my friends things if yeah if I go somewhere and I'm like oh this is just like perfect for this person like I just want them to have it but I don't have the expectation that like they necessarily did that for me you know it's just like you know this is just a thing that I really want my friend to have because it's perfect for this person versus like oh, here's a list of friends and I like need to buy them gifts, which I don't yeah. do because right. it, that's just really stressful for me. Absolutely. And I, I'd rather just like hang out for the holidays, have have an alcoholic eggnog, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I want to give a shout out to my older brother's girlfriend sent me a beautiful, she's an artist. She sent me a beautiful painting that she did um, in a frame And I just want to say, anybody out there, listeners, you want to send me artwork? I think it's a wonderful gift. Oh, yeah. Artwork is the gift. Yeah, like stuff I can hang on my wall that will make my life more beautiful. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, thank you. It's not, I think it's, it's so strange to me that anybody would be offended by giving, by getting something that someone else made for them. Yeah, I think it's really weird, too, because also if I make someone a present like that takes me hours, if I bought you a present, I don't know how long it took me, but it's not as like I didn't I didn't labor over it. So like for me, doesn't that show that I care about you more because I spent like hours making you this thing? Mm. I think. Absolutely. I mean, um, I don't think she made this painting specifically for me, but like she put it in a frame and like got it all ready for me and chose the one that she was going to give me. So like. Yeah, if somebody, like, gives you a unique gift, I think you should be grateful. Speaking of which, I'm giving my brother and sister a a collection of my poems. I bound them, and uh, it's interesting. It actually turned out really well, and my cousin is a book publisher in Chicago, and um, 
he's like bring this to chicago the next time you're here we'll make 500 copies and so that's so cool we'll be able to uh have a bunch of uh maybe we'll make it a patreon perk <laughs> hell yeah oh. have laura's have laura's poetry uh, uh yeah at the at the ten dollar a month layer. <laughs> I, I don't want my family to hear me because they're in the other room, but I got them all season of the bitch shirts. <gasps> yes. <Yay. laughs> yes, 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 yes. Amazing. Yeah, I do have one other thing that I want to bring up because oh, yeah, it yeah. holiday stress, which is having food allergies. Mm. Um and basically for me, one thing that actually was very hurtful to me is that like since I've had these allergies like my not my immediate family but my extended family like my aunt whose house we would go to would just kind of every time I would go there be like well there's nothing gluten-free so like sorry and I'd be like no that's fine like I figured I'd take care of myself but then now that like some of my other cousins who she you know presumably likes more ha- like have also developed food allergies or sensitivities she now makes special food like for them mm. so I interpret it as like, oh, it's not something she understands and like not everyone's used to having to make those accommodations. But now it's like, oh, I realize that she comprehends like <laughs> what to do and how to accommodate for that. She just didn't want to do it for me, mm. um, which felt very hurtful. Um, yeah. And then other, the flip side of that would be like I would make something and like bring myself a meal so that like I could eat while everyone else was eating. But then one of my uncles would be like, you're so picky. Like, why can't you just like mm. eat being offered and like kind of in a way that it was like accusing me of being like spoiled or not wanting what <laughs> like my aunt had made. But I was like, but she didn't make food that I'm able to eat. So it just adds uh, an additional stress of being around family when also they don't understand that you also need to eat and not necessarily the same <laughs> food that they're eating, especially when mostly what they're eating is pasta. <laughs> right. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I can't. I, I'm a vegetarian and I used to be vegan and every year my, my stepmom would be like, would not understand that like butter was also dairy or other things like there is, it's just like a lot of things, but I don't, I think for her, it was definitely more out of ignorance than what it seems like your aunt was doing. Right. Which is what I originally thought it was, which I was more okay. Like that was less hurtful to me because it was for sure, for sure. (laughs) But because I'm also vegetarian, so like, well, they didn't gluten free, you know, pasta. But if you're not doing the vegetarian thing anymore, like they're chicken. But I've been a vegetarian since I was nine, so it's that's like not changing anytime. Right. <laughs> so it's just, it's just a means to you know torture me a little bit is how I interpret it. Mm. <laughs> like even at this is a little tangent, but even at my grandmother's funeral, like. My aunt was like, well, the caterers couldn't make anything gluten-free, but there's grilled chicken. And I was like, it's okay. Like, I'm not here for the food. I'm at a funeral. Right. But, like, it was just, like, you know, to make digs at me. So it's just hurtful and annoying. Mm. Mm. Yeah, food is stressful in general. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, hopefully um, over these next couple days we can all all just uh, try to – ignore the the people who are maybe behaving in hurtful ways as much as possible yeah and um you know I also want to say I am 
available to be texted at any time yes. by anyone. I think maybe we feel like we're not supposed to bother people during this time. So maybe that would be my little tip is just go ahead and text your friends. Be yes. like, OMG, I emoji, I emoji, I emoji. Yes. <laughs> These people, you know, if somebody's being um, hurtful to you or making you feel less than uh, maybe just talk to a friend. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if this seems like a good time for y'all, I think this is a great time for us to transition into talking with our special guest today. Sounds good. Agree. Woo. Okay. Our special guest today, Dr. Cindy Ariel, just so happens to be my mom, but so, (laughs) but is also a licensed psychologist because women really can have it all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we can't see Zoe, but we know she's winking. Trust us. She wrote that's it in the script. Like, yeah, we, we do know that's exactly what happened. <laughs> yeah, she wrote it down. It's all here, folks. <laughs> um, she's been working as a clinical psychologist in Philly for over 25 years and is going to share some of her wisdom with us for holiday season coping. Amazing. Thank you so much. How should we address you? I just want to ask that really quickly because I'm like, it should be Dr. Ariel. What? are we feeling right Cindy okay (laughs) well thank you so much for being with us Cindy that like we're really really grateful and especially for taking time like on an actual holiday to talk to us is really really special so thank you hey I can't think of anything more fun (laughs) yay I'm really excited to be talking to you know the coven or parts of it yes amazing oh my god what a supportive mom I like actually wow this is already bringing up things for me but anyway (laughs) I'm ready. Um, (laughs) um, I was wondering if you could let us know a little bit about the type of therapy you specialize in and maybe why you chose to go into that. Okay. So I chose to go into psychology and therapy mostly because I wanted to be that person that people wanted to talk to. Mm. I didn't have somebody to talk to and I needed some, I talked to myself in the mirror. So that was my practice. (laughs) And then um, I actually was trained pretty traditionally, but I like to be inclusive. So in my practice, I see a lot of LGBTQ people, couples, including gay and lesbian couples um, and families. And yeah, that's what I've been doing for a lot of years. That's amazing. Yeah. And uh, actually... So social justice is a really big part of my life and my practice. And that's also why I started my own podcast, well, with a co-host, Julie, Mm -hmm. um, Shrinks on Third, and uh, we do a psychology and social justice podcast. Oh, my God. Yeah. I did know that, but also I did not know the name of it, and that is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Can you repeat that? What is it? It shrinks on third. Oh, shrinks on third. Yes. <laughs> it's so good. We are currently recording from the third floor of a psychology office. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> this is the shrinks on third studio. <laughs> um, and partly why I decided to start the podcast was because um, I wanted to use what little bit of influence I have as a, a white professional woman to try to, you know, spread socialist progressive ideas that a lot of people in my bracket don't currently have. Yeah, absolutely. It's incredible. So that's another reason I'm really happy to be here. And I listened to your uh, podcast on 
mental health and capitalism. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. I had to prep, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that episode, I think it's like our sixth episode. It's um It was it was number six. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So we're this is um I think sixty three that we're on now, which is totally nuts. Um but yeah, that's that's a that's a doozy. So thank you for taking the time <laughs> to listen to that. Yeah. It was helpful. I'm so glad that actually after listening to you and whoever was talking on there, talking about the horrible experiences you've had with the mental health system, mm. I'm surprised you even want to talk to me and I'm really honored. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. I, for those of you that aren't aware of what we're talking about, um, and there's a content warning about abuse, um, but I have some trauma surrounding just seeking therapy and going to therapy because I have an abusive ex who forced me to see several different therapists. And when they didn't come to the conclusion that he wanted to, um, like that I would have to go and see a different one. And it kind of just created this system where anytime I went to go seek help, I would just like be in full PTSD symptoms. Um, but I'm actually really grateful to also say, Cindy, that I now have the best therapist I've ever had. And like, like I never dread going and I'm always like, I can't wait to go to the next one. So right. that's it's great. Really <laughs> lovely. Really. A lot has changed in the last year. <laughs> I hope they listen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, um, Ambria, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so we're talking about the holidays and about all of the stuff that comes with it. I think um, one of the biggest things people talk about during this time that seems to be a big stressor is demands from family. Um, and those demands seem to sometimes transcend uh, where our relationships with our family are at and lots of other things. Why do you think it's so hard for people to say the word no when it comes to family? Family. Family is tough. The, the bonds with your family are so strong. And you just feel those loyalty ties pretty much all your life. It's really hard. But it's also really important to, well... The, psycholo the psychological term is individuate, but, you know, to become independent and to um, learn how to make those boundaries and take care of yourself when you have to. And so many of us do have to. And um, are there ways do you think we can start small to practice saying no? How do you how do you help people learn to set boundaries with family in particular, but just in general? Yeah, that's the perfect thing to do. I mean, you have to start slow and not everybody is the same. Right. So some people, it's easy. They they fight and argue or they don't show up or they say no and they're good with that. And some people really have to start very slow and maybe just say no to one little thing um, or it was hard. It's hard to talk about an imaginary scenario because there's so many millions of scenarios. Absolutely. So I'm not sure what to like focus on in that. You know, if uh, if you have relatives that are difficult that you don't want to be with or that is hard for you to be with, but you can't say no and you're going to have to be with them, then you have to make other choices. Maybe don't sit with them. You know, maybe there's somebody in the room who you 
can trust, who you can maybe ask to put between the other individuals and yourself. Um, maybe you go to the bathroom, fix your lip gloss and come out and, you know, ask, just change the topic. Um, you know, you kind of have to prepare and it's hard. Absolutely. Something that my therapist actually just told me is that like, it's okay to be there physically without being there fully emotionally and mentally. Like you don't have to offer your relatives more of your emotional, Mm. um, like energy than you have to offer. And you have to prepare for that. But yeah, that's great. And that's, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm just starting to learn this practice myself. Um, and I feel really lucky. I currently have um, three of my cousins staying with me. And we all kind of went into this like massive extended, we have like 20 something cousins. We went into this massive extended um, family party last night. And we all like kind of went into it, the four of us. And we stayed together, the four of us, and, like, other people kind of came in and out of that sphere that wanted to. But there were certainly a lot of our relatives that really didn't come close to us. And I think it was because we really had to make the intentional decision that we were, like, all going to just be there together because we knew that was what would make us feel safest and and most uh, grounded in that situation. Yeah, and here's a trick that works, too, is that people love talking about themselves. Mm. So if you ask questions, you know, from where'd you get your outfit to how are your kids, how's school, how's work, get people talking about anything. They'll just talk about themselves and you can just listen. You don't have to give them anything. They'll probably never even ask. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think I don't have a very big family and I don't have very strong family ties. And so I think I'm, I'm always kind of, um, I mean, I, I feel obligated. I do need to go, uh, hang out with my mom and my brother, uh, later today. Um, but yeah, I think need to, or you want to, (laughs) (laughs) I do want to, I want to. All right. Yeah. I, I guess cause I, we were talking a little bit about obligation. Um, and I think, uh, for that reason, I'm always very curious about those ties. Um, which I know uh, people feel very strongly about um, and maybe me a little bit less so. But I also, I think a lot about tradition and I think tradition is really cool. Um, Why do you think, and I think that's part of why these obligations happen so that we keep tradition. Um, What do you think, why do you think tradition is so important to humans? Like what does it do for us? One of the biggest things is it provides comfort. Mm. You know, there's traditions around death. There's traditions around holidays. And it lets people know how to act. And uh, it it brings a lot of comfort. Yeah. And I can, I feel like for me, um, some of my traditions that have been around for the last few years, like, are not there this year. And it's a very uneasy process when that shifts and it's been like a whole process for me to try to like identify that and understand that that's what it is as well. Um, Cause yeah, I that, that can kind I've, of kick those like ang- regular anxieties that I may have around the holidays into overdrive a little bit. Totally. That that's like a life process though. You know, there's beginnings and endings and when things that you love end, it's really, really difficult and you have to uh, respect those things and maybe have rituals or traditions around those things that ended 
but also move forward and make new, new great traditions. Absolutely. Yeah, I think when I was a kid, I was like, or when I was a pre-adolescent up through my early 20s, I was like, tradition's dumb. Why should we do things just because other people did it? My mom would be trying to get me to do Christmas stuff, and I'd be like, why are we even doing this? What's the point? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Really fun to have around. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I think I felt that too sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But um, I think now that I'm getting older, uh, I see it more. I understand it more. And I think um, I don't have a lot of traditions with my family, but something I'm thinking a lot is like how, how can I make traditions for myself? And that's something Laura was touching on. Um, How can we take this, this cool thing and kind of shape it into something that benefits us? I think that um, whatever traditions you find, I mean, you have to just think about what's important to you about the holidays, whether or anytime, whether it's being with people or not being with people or whether it's gifts or whatever it is. And um, you build your own traditions around whatever's important to you. Definitely. Takes a lot of thought. But there's all kinds of things out there that you can, you know, read about and do and it can be fun. Absolutely. So what, Cindy, what are your own most and least favorite parts of the winter holidays? Well, (laughs) (laughs) huh? good question. Well, first of all, my birthday is on the winter solstice. Amazing. (laughs) That's kind of pretty. (gasps) (laughs) That's so amazing. Did that interfere with gifts when I was a kid? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I still love that. And I love December for that. Um, My favorite part of the holidays. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, now I like that I see my own daughters and I like certain, you know, foods and cooking and stuff like that. I think one interesting thing is so um, my mom is Jewish and my dad was raised Catholic, though, isn't now. But so we celebrate both holidays. But um, my mom only formed Christmas traditions like since since marrying my dad. Mm. So they're all I mean, not new anymore, but that was kind of all something that formed later for you. Yeah. And that's actually uh, an interesting thing we were talking about recently because when we first met, I didn't want a Christmas tree uh, because I never had one. I, I, I never celebrated Christmas except that we were, we lived around a lot. We lived in a Catholic neighborhood and we would go around and bring gifts to people because we knew it was, you know, a holiday. But anyway, I didn't want a Christmas tree and uh, we actually fought about the idea that he used to believe that Christmas was everyone's holiday and it wasn't, mm. it was secular to have a Christmas tree, he Weird. thought. <laughs> and uh, in some ways, I'm sorry I caved to that, but I did. And now we brought up our kids used to a Christmas, we can't not have a Christmas tree. <laughs> right. Wow. Do. But we do have a pretty secular celebration of Christmas, as in there's really nothing religious involved. Yeah, uh, but we do have a tree that my sister and I still insist on. <laughs> is it a live tree? It is. Oh, amazing! Both my both sets of my parents. My parents are divorced and also very religious. They um, both have fake trees now, and it's like, listen, I feel like the smell is I the it's smell. the biggest part. <laughs> yeah, Walk look, Laura's not going to be happy unless 
you murder a tree for this <laughs> holiday. Yes. <laughs> oh, we're going to plant that. We're going to plant it. Yes. Yeah, awesome. we have one that can be replanted. Yes. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, you can pull it up by the roots. Yeah, it's like in a pot. It's thing. in a pot. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's little. It's awesome. <laughs> so when, we, when we've had all the relatives over, there's like 40 of them. And then we had a huge tree because we had to. But when it's just us, we have our little tree. Yeah, good. just to clarify, I'm not against uh, <laughs> for, for the audience. <laughs> just to clarify, this is just Ambria's sense of humor. <laughs> I'm not like the most stringent vegan that's ever existed. I'm, I, I'm not even a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> It's okay. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, so as we already That's mentioned. Okay. Listen, we... I just want to say something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Because <laughs> I also want to say I'm not against Christmas, but I do want people to understand that it's a capitalist idea that it's everyone's holiday. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. I had to put that in there. Uh, yes. <laughs> and it is the perfect, perfect place to put it in. Um so as you already, we kind of already talked about that we've done a mental health under capitalism episode on this show. Um, and on, on that episode, we all kind of discussed the major mental health issues that we suffer from and how living in a society that leaves us with very little safety nets or support networks can exacerbate our mental health conditions. Um, you know, having to worry about rent inflation or housing at all or, or, um, um, our healthcare, for example, like I know that I need therapy and every time I go, I have to pay $125 out of pocket because my, um, employer's health insurance is quite shitty and it doesn't cover it. Um, but is this something that you've noticed in your own practice that like these sorts of stressors really can like exacerbate mental health conditions? Absolutely. Access is a major thing and it's, it's major on my end too. So I live in a capitalist society. So I am realistic about the fact that I, I have to earn a living. People have mm -hmm. to pay for this, right? So, um, yeah, I charge quite a bit per hour. However, I also, because I can do that, you know, about half the people don't pay that much. Um, you know, and that's how I have to work it out. But also, I take Medicare and Medicare is awesome. And if there was Medicare for everybody, then that wouldn't be a problem. Mm. Access wouldn't be a problem. And then you're also part of specifically the network in Philadelphia that has. Yes. That you get patients through. That's. Yes. The, you can explain. <laughs> yeah. The human services center in Philadelphia offers uh, low fee therapy to people. So actually I see at least one person for no fee mm. uh, and that they pay a little bit and that's donated to the human services center. That's part of the um, Philadelphia psychology network. But um, I mean, I really try to, you know, sometimes it's like, you know, take from the rich who can afford it and offer to people who can't. And absolutely. <laughs> and what I do. The very Robin hood practice. <laughs> <laughs> I, I highly support anything that's even like <laughs> kind of like Robin Hood. So <laughs> very nice. Um, have you noticed anything specific that your patients come to you with during holiday times? Um, and it might even just be winter. You know, I live in Buffalo, New York, and it's similar to Philly in that like there, you know, the sun is just very fleeting. Um, and I also know for me, my anxiety is 
truly through the roof. Um, and particularly after this major shift in my life, like anything that reminds me of positive traditions surrounding this time that aren't occurring anymore can be really triggering of this like deep sadness. Um, so I'm just curious what you've noticed about like trends for people that you see around this time that are kind of common among, among patients. Yeah. I think what you're describing is one of the things, um, which we addressed a little bit just in terms of that deep sadness of mourning things past. Mm -hmm. And uh, the holidays bring that up for a lot of people. Um, A lot of memories from when you were little. And then I get people with horrible memories from when they were little. And, And I guess the part of the point for everybody is to try to, work that through in whatever way they can and begin to create, you know, either something new that's positive or, you know, the first thing that's ever been positive. Mm. So actually I work on people a lot with that, whether it's a relationship that broke up so that they, they can't, you know, I, I see somebody who can't go home this year because that's where their long-term relationship has been, Mm. Uh, you know, home where both families are who knew each other well and all the those memories and so they had to actually go somewhere else yeah (laughs) fortunately for them they found another relative to go visit in another town but there's all kinds of things that you have to do and you have to take care of yourself and I'm not advocating you know some people feel like that seems selfish but it's not because you can't be there for anyone if you can't be there for yourself. That makes me like my eyes are tearing up, but it's totally fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) It's so (laughs) true. And no one gives you permission. Like no one gives you that permission. No one talks about it in that way. Like particularly in my family, it's like if you do anything that isn't like giving to the family, it's like this very, um, it's seen as this very selfish thing. And of course, like, I think that's certainly wrapped up in like Catholic guilt in my family. Um, but I, I have divorced parents and it's like, it's already being pulled in a million directions and then adding any layers into that, that you're carving out any moments for yourself. Like, forget it. It, I mean, I mean the reality is what you're saying is like, do not forget it, which is important. But I think in my family, that's just really not, the perspective and it's it's incredible to like be reminded that that's not only not selfish but a really good thing for not just you but everyone around you yeah so I know from listening to your podcast that you are all you have really strong opinions and really strong ideas and <laughs> us you know and then yeah <laughs> and then suddenly family like melts you and you know and it will be good for you to learn to Go to your family in power. Mm. You have a lot of power. They love you. Mm. And you can can keep that in you. Like, go empowered. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's not easy. I'm not saying it. No, it's amazing. I, like, want it tattooed (laughs) on my hand so I can just, like, look at it. (laughs) Uh, I would love it if you got go to your family in power tattooed on your hand. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think my family will also really appreciate that. Um, well, well, you have to balance that out. You really do. Yeah. Um, I think you, know, you, can't, you can't just like go gangbusters and like be like, yeah, well, this is what I think. You know, that's not going to work. Either. Right. But I think it's more of I, the I, what I picture when you say that is not feeling like this super diminished person, which I like, I think I like very quickly mold to when I'm around them and kind of stand in the place that I feel confident and like walk in there with the coven. Like that's what I think you should do. Yes. Yes. But with right. them not seen, you know, right. Yes. But they're, <laughs> they're on the Slack channel. I can reach yeah. them quickly. <laughs> yes. Yes. True. Go in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, and you've, I think you've kind of touched on advice for folks around this time and exactly what you were just describing. Um, but I did have a question because people go back and forth on this, and I definitely do as well. Um, but there's the whole debate around bring politics up or don't bring up politics because, you know, on a mental health side, for me, part of it is like sometimes it feels too combative to bring that up. But at the same time, like there are lines that, if are crossed in my family, if someone says something racist or misogynistic, like I feel as though I need to say something in those circumstances. Um, and so I was just curious, like, is there a way to approach these topics without amplifying someone's mental health issues? That's a great question. That is, that is really tough. And there's, I don't have a definitive answer because you're you and, and you know who your family is. Mm -hmm. So you know those topics that are going to come up. And, yeah, I do think it's important with something misogynistic or racist to somehow say something about that. And you have to find a way, maybe practice, like be ready with what you're going to say. Right. And it doesn't have to be a whole dialogue because they're not going to participate in that. Right. Just has to be like kind of like you, you get like – you get one shot. Mm. <laughs> and the other thing is other issues might come up too. And the kind of people you're talking about, you know, they're pretty, they're pretty strong in the facts they know from Fox news, for example, right. yeah. <laughs> yes. and they will quote them for you. So you can be ready with maybe like a topic or two that, you know, you can, you know, kind of have a nice, gentlish way you know to kind of be like oh well that's you know not what I heard from these eight places mm. um, you know but people can do it differently some families can handle the arguments some really can't and if you're a person who can't don't set yourself up for that <laughs> sure right like I, I do feel like we have a responsibility um, to in whatever way we can but we also can't sacrifice ourselves because, again, what good will we do to protect um, other people, other you know, people of color or anybody else, if, if we're not strong enough in ourselves to be prepared to do that? Yeah, it's hard. Um, my dad is very conservative, and I, I don't see him that often. And um, it's like half the time it's sort of like what's the point because I've already had these conversations with him uh and I really have a lot of doubts that I can change his mind about anything so it kind of feels like just an ex an exercise in punishing myself 
um, if I try to challenge him on this kind of stuff. But it there's sometimes little moments where it was sort of like Cindy was saying, like where I just say small things. Um, you know, we were in his truck and he was just talking about like, um, you know, Islamic terrorism and saying, you know, that, uh, oh, if if all the rest of the Muslims really are so peaceful, they need to come out and denounce uh, all of this terrorism. And they don't do that. And I was like, oh, um, I guess you didn't hear about the giant march that happened um, where thousands of Muslim people demonstrated against Islamic violence, you know, and also lots of Muslims are killed by extremist Islamic violence. Right. Um, and he was just like, no, no, I, I didn't, I didn't hear about that. <laughs> you know, right. um, it's just like, that's, that's what you have. All things. Yeah. And just like, you know, if you, if you say a bunch of positive things and then throw in a negative or two, you'll be more likely to be heard. Mm-hmm. So if you could just find something to agree with it doesn't even have to be political because I'm you know sometimes there's just nothing you can find right. political but if you just seem like a rational person who likes this person you know like you talk to your dad about all kinds of other things and then when politics comes up if you have like one little thing to say maybe maybe he hears it for a minute yeah maybe yeah i think it's also easier when you have like you know specific Events like you were telling him, like, this march happened, these things happen that are irrefutable versus trying to, like, convince someone of a whole, like, broad ideology. Sure. But if you just have, like, specific kind of facts to share that they can't be like, no, it didn't. Right, 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 right. Yeah, basically, if I'm like, you're being really xenophobic and racist, um, he'd be like, well, maybe, you know, it. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Well, Cindy, we're, we were about to kind of wrap things up with you. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to add or any last like parting words for our listeners or anything like that? Um, and definitely remind us again of the name of your podcast so people can check that out as well. Well, the name of my podcast is Shrinks on Third and is on, you know, Apple Podcasts and Google Play and shrinksonthird.com. And a lot of people are surprised because they think that psychology and social justice doesn't go together because psychology hasn't been kind to yes. people of color or women. Yes. Um, but that's not true for all of us. We're not all trying to be society's way to make people conform. Yes. <laughs> um, and really, I just want to leave with you remembering to go empowered. Thank you so much. This was honestly <laughs> such an incredible thing to go into my holiday situation with. So <laughs> I just want to thank you. And um, yeah, just really, really grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with you this morning. Thank you so much for having me. I loved it. Thank you. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was an incredible and insightful interview. Thanks to Zoe's mom. Like, that was really lovely and honestly the best thing for all of us to hear right now. Um, As always, you can find us on 
Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Season of the Bee. Um, we're also on seasonofthebee.com. We have some merch up there. Um, you can rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, and send us your money on Patreon. You never know when those perks are going to start showing up. It's going to be soon. If you, you know, you're like, what what can I get for the coven? Because look at what they gave us for the holidays this episode. Um, <laughs> you know, we accept money. Yes. yes. We accept money and we accept photos of the sun. Yes. Those <laughs> are the two things we would like to receive. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. We're moving on from hashtag dish picks and into hashtag sun picks. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh, well, I love you both so much, and I hope that your holidays are enjoyable. Yeah, and happy holidays you. to everyone. Bye. Love you, <laughs> bye. Or if not, happy getting through it. Bye. <laughs> love you, bye. Getting through <laughs> it. Well, bye. bye. <laughs>